You're listening to A Space to Speak Your Mind. This show will deal with some subjects that some listeners may find distressing. For more info on help and support, go to cornwallmind.org. A Space to Speak Your Mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. Hi and welcome to another A Space to Speak Your Mind. And we're a show about mental health. And this month it's Jane and Steve presenting. So hi Steve, how are you doing? Hi Jane, I'm fine, thank you. On today's show, we continue our series on loneliness with Hayley and Stacey from Quiet Connections, who will be talking about social anxiety and the link with loneliness. And Scott is catching up with the Newquay Blue Tits, a cold water swimming group from Newquay. Amanda Hudson from Life MOT shows us how visualisation can help us in daily life. And we hear from Riley Jane, an 18-year-old, who's releasing a Christmas song to raise money for Devon and Cornwall Mind and is looking for you to start in her music video. A Space to Speak Your Mind. A Space to Speak Your Mind. Hi, it's Joe from A Space to Speak Your Mind and obviously today is the day that we're going into a second lockdown and Mind, the mental health charity, has warned that a second lockdown will take a heavy toll on mental health. And I spoke to some people just as the lockdown was announced. I just worry about it more because I live on my own I just find the evenings are the worst especially dark evenings when the lockdown ended I was able to get out and about more life was just slightly getting back to normality again but now I meant just thinking about it I feel anxious it's just the thought of being on my own you know if you've got someone with you at least you can talk to each other but it's just all I've got to look forward to really is the TV I'm just absolutely dreading it really it doesn't sound a long time but there's someone that suffers with anxiety and loneliness four weeks could be like four months I'm concerned with being stuck indoors through the winter I enjoy getting out and I find that that helps with mental health. This is just going to go on and on and on, you know. I've got family who are in a high-risk area. I suppose I'm just worried about everything now. I don't know how I'm going to cope. Real testing time, to be honest with you. I mean, you can't see many people, can you? Because you've got to only see one person, which is a nightmare. My anxiety is going to go sky high. It's going to be so hard to cope with. So that's what some people had to say, and that was just as the lockdown was announced. And now I'm joined with Jackie, and you're a life coach, aren't you, Jackie? That's correct. So Mind, the mental health charity, is saying that a month-long national lockdown in winter will take a really heavy toll on people's mental health. Do you think that's true? Yes, I do. I think that there's lots of anxiety, stress, more depression. There's a lot more you know, addictions as well. As many as one in three people were already struggling with anxiety and depression, plus loneliness brought on by the coronavirus pandemic on the first lockdown and now they're facing a further challenge so what kind of things would you say to people to try and make them not be so fearful in the previous lockdown we had the benefit of having a really good weather so we could get outside and make the most of the sunlight the difference that we've got this time of course is that got less daylight hours so I think really now what people have got to do is now think about structuring the day and having a purpose for the day ahead so it's important to plan the day before and we need to alter our mindset on this we can get through it we will get through it this is a temporary situation so we need to really make the most of the daylight hours I would say plan your day around the sunrise and the sunset getting up in the morning having a morning routine and getting out into the fresh air connect with nature as much as you possibly can 
get a walk every day as much as you can in those daylight hours because we are going to be having less sunlight it means we're going to have less vitamin d and that for our immune systems and also cardiovascular systems also in the previous lockdown people didn't have a structure to their day and it also affected sleep so people were sleeping at sort of bizarre times and not able to sleep till sort of five in the morning and, and so it's really important to maintain that sleep routine to make the most of the daylight and then at night time make sure you're getting that sleep and make sure you're structuring your day and planning ahead for me, I live on my own and I've decided I'm going to do some hobbies, which is something that we said before when we did a special piece for the first lockdown on A Space to Speak Your Mind. We said, you know, take up new hobbies and stuff. I'm going to be making lots of stuff for Christmas. Hobbies and gentle exercise and all of that, that might help some people. But some people going into the second lockdown just might think just simply won't be enough for me. I need more at the end of the day there's always always someone to speak to if you're feeling particularly low it's really really important to take care of our own self-care we are responsible for our own self-care so that means being kind to yourself don't be too hard on yourself connect with other people talk to other people there are things that we can do i mean i i do meditation I do online exercise classes and journaling is very, very good. At the end of the day, write about what you did in the day. Write about how you feel. That's very important. Get that on paper. Check on your friends and your neighbours because no one knows what struggles anyone has. Even the ones that seem to be sort of smiling and happy all the time because depression has many different faces. Connect more with people. We've got the technology, we've got social media, we've got phones, we've got apps that connect us to people. But I think in this day and age, we seem to have lost this sort of community type of spirit that we used to have many years ago. Speak to your family every day. I know it's hard. I know it's really, really hard when you can't see. I, mean, I can't see my daughter, I can't see my son, I can't see my mum. And that, I find that difficult. And I think everybody is really struggling with that side of things. Talk to people, communicate with people. Yeah, they've said that you can see one other person outside of your household. And I've had to choose whether that's going to be my best friend or my boyfriend. And that's really difficult. And it's kind of strange because we've sort of almost got back to a little bit of normality. I've been going like to the pub once a week for a carvery and to church and going into shops and stuff. And it's been nice. But then to have that taken away from you again, it's sort of like... You're up and then you're down and then you're up and you're down and you're all over the place. It's uncertain at the moment. We don't know what is going to happen. But as I say, this is a temporary situation and we will get through it. What I want people to do is really take care of their own mental health, their own self-care, learning something new and being creative. If they don't want to sort of be creative, you can learn to play an instrument or maybe even learn a different language there's loads of online courses and things there's lots of things we can do to keep ourselves busy keep our minds active and combining all these things that we can do we can certainly all grow it's very important to remember that you're not alone in this there's a lot of people in the UK we're all in this if you're feeling lonely please pick up the phone there's always somebody who will listen to you. This is a temporary situation. 
That's great, Jackie. And I think that's what we've got to remember. It is a temporary situation. So there's a particular therapy, isn't there, that you would suggest to people? Yes, there is. And it's something that I've been doing for many years, actually, from being a child. And uh, it's something that I call mirror therapy. It's used in rehabilitation. And what you do, you either stand or sit in front of a mirror and give yourself time. And what you do you put your arms around yourself, around your body, and give yourself a massive hug. And you hug yourself like you would your partner or your kids. And then you look at yourself and you say, I love you. People are in isolation and maybe, you know, you're the only person, you know, you're on your own. You have to think about your own love. No, I'm sure that will really help a lot of people. And I just wanted to talk to you as well, Jackie, about these up and down moods that a lot of people seem to be having. That at the moment is completely normal, isn't it? It's just a thought storm. Yes, yes. our thoughts are not fact. Any negative thoughts that can make you feel overwhelmed. So what we do, we acknowledge. Don't just try and put it straight out of your head. Acknowledge it. We know it's there. And then what I would say is then think about it as maybe a cloud so your negative thoughts then it's a cloud and you're watching the cloud go by in front of you and then you've got an eraser and you can erase that out another good way of doing it is imagine it's on a balloon so you're visualizing this negative thought that you've had it's on a balloon now the balloon is going across your vision and then imagine you've got a pin and pop it yeah because i think one of the scariest things actually for people isn't going to be, you know, being shut inside their homes. It's actually going to be being shut inside their own heads. And that's what they're scared of, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, I, this is why I say, start feeling like that, pick up the phone. Nobody should be suffering alone. This is affecting people's mental health. And I think we have to really reframe the whole thing and look at it in a completely different way and know that there's always someone on the end of the phone or via Zoom or something to get that help. For support and more information for better mental health, go to the Cornwall Mind website, cornwallmind.org. Or call the Mind Helpline during office hours on 0300 123 And don't forget, you can call the Samaritans anytime for free on 116-123. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. Letter from Scott, who's been talking to the ladies on the Nuki Blue Tits Hi, this is Scott from A Space to Speak Your Mind. We are on Tolkien Beach with the Nuki Blue Tits. It's uh, relatively cold, but we think we're going to be okay. Katie from the Blue Tits Swimmers. How are you doing, Katie? You okay? I'm good, thank you. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, how you got involved with the Nuki Blue Tit Cold Water Swimmers? I got involved with the Blue Tits back in January. I'd been cold water swimming with some friends for about 18 months and I was pointed in the direction of the best Blue Tits group in Cornwall, which was in Perrinporth. So I got in touch with them to join them for a swim, but unfortunately, due to timings and logistics, it wasn't quite working out for me. So it was suggested that we start our own group in Newquay, which we did at the end of January with about a week or 10 days notice I put a post out on Facebook via social media and on the 26th of January 25 women turned up for our first swim and we swam here at Tower Beach 
bravely entering the water in probably what is the sort of coldest time of the year and we swam continually then pretty much every day all the way through until lockdown hit us in March. From the start until the beginning of lockdown we'd grown from those original 25 to about 500 members we were all sort of I think left a bit speechless by the suggestion that swimming wasn't something that we should do during that first two-week period and I think that we sort of it was the first sort of indicator to us how important it had become to us to be able to swim to be able to get into the cold water but also to gather in this really supportive group that had sort of built up around us as soon as we were able as soon as restrictions were slightly lifted and we were able we were back in the water again so end of March beginning of April we were back and swimming again every day sometimes three or four times a day and our group has now grown to nearly 2,000 members. We're a massive tribe uh, of what we sort of refer to as a movement of women really now. There's no need to sort of know anybody, to be friends with anybody, you can turn up on your own and there's just this collective sort of group of women that will take you under their wing and sort of enter the water with you and basically welcome you to become part of the flock fantastic um i used to take ice water baths when i played football um used to be in there for about five minutes and i remember it got rid of any little niggly injury that i had so maybe i can partly understand this but i imagine there's a little bit more to do especially with so many members to do with why you do this is there a, a social benefit psychological have you noticed anything like that personally the reason that i started cold water swimming was because i suffer with rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia and i noticed that when i was in the water i was pain free i think a lot of that comes from the sort of psychological effect of when you're in the cold you can't really think about anything else so from a pain perspective that's amazing but I think also from a life perspective that's amazing I sort of refer to it as my pause button when I get in the water all I can think about is being in the water so all those sort of everyday stresses strains niggles to-do list that's running through your mind it stops for a minute and it allows us all to reset so I think that for me that's the actual benefit of being in the cold water but when you add the social element and the supportiveness of this absolutely huge group of women those benefits just become tenfold and obviously a huge part of that is the mental health benefit for people and particularly when people have felt so isolated during lockdown to feel that they've got this group of women that they can come and join at any time with no judgment total inclusion and not having to spend that money or be a member of something but just by your pure presence you're a part of that group I think has been absolutely phenomenal for people yeah it sounds like it's had a lot of success as well with so many members joining so it's clearly something that's going really well here I actually suffer with chronic fatigue syndrome myself I had a diagnosis a few months ago so maybe this is something I should consider if I'm ever brave enough absolutely you kind of answered my question slightly but have you noticed any long-term physical health benefits I imagine there's an immediate benefit when you're in the water like you said and in the days just after you've been in the water but have you noticed anything over many months and years kind of thing this will be my third winter in the water Through having rheumatoid and fibromyalgia, obviously I've got what's called a compromised immune system because of the medication that I take. I, hands on heart, have not had even so much as a common cold since I've been swimming in cold water. The other health aspect that massive change for me is that I've spent probably the best part, I'm 41 now, and on and off since the age of 18 or 19, I've been on different 
antidepressants, seeing different therapists. I've been medication free in that capacity since I started focusing on swimming and sort of making it a part of my daily routine. So coming up to 12 months now. So yeah, huge impact for me personally. So we need to mention as well the money that the Blue Tits have raised for Cornwall Mines so far. We believe it's around £7,000. Can you tell us about how the fundraiser went and how you did that? So I think it was back in June that Lucy from Mind contacted me and as I understand she had sort of taken to cold water swimming during lockdown as well with a group of friends and sort of noticed those benefits herself. So she reached out to me through the Nuki Blue Tits and sort of said, look, I'm aware that there's a link, a really good link between positive mental health and cold water swimming. Would you be interested in doing some fundraising for us? Having personal experience and witnessing other people's experiences of that real close link, it was a no-brainer for us basically we said absolutely 100% so we came up with the idea of six bays in one day which basically involved teams of women swimming at six of the different bays around Newquay in one day so in their swimsuits we were in the throes of organization and we were hit by further social restrictions including the rule of six so we had to adapt and overcome and we changed the event slightly where basically we encouraged women to build teams of six and to head off around the coast to six destinations of their choice and to partake in six swims at those destinations on one day the team's entered and grew we had over 120 women take part in the end some of them set up their own just giving fundraising pages they paid an entry fee and we ran a raffle alongside which was really generously supported by a lot of local businesses and the money started to come in slowly and on a daily basis it was just growing and it really has blown us all away I think with the amount of money that collectively this group of women and the support of the local area has been able to raise for what is a really really important charity particularly at this time with you know the unusual situation that we're all living in. So with case we're joined with uh, Debbie as part of the uh, swimming group as well. Debbie was actually responsible for the raffle why don't you tell us a bit about that and how that went? Yeah, so originally we just thought of lots of different ways that we could raise money to help Mind and we put a message out saying we're going to run a raffle, any donations would be welcome and we were just overwhelmed by the amount of blue tits that donated things to us that got in touch with different shops, shops donated stuff to us. We had over 45 prizes in the end which ranged from Charlie McLeod dry robe type to chocolate brownies and and coffee shops and, and so it was really, really lovely. We started the raffle by selling the tickets on the beach that was before the numbers dropped and weren't allowed to meet so we then had to do a virtual raffle where everybody could buy the tickets through the blue tits facebook page and we sold over a thousand pounds worth of tickets which was amazing and then we did the live draw over facebook live here on the beach which was very eventful in the rain with raffle tickets so everyone's loved their prizes and it was a brilliant way to raise over a thousand pounds towards the final total. Okay, so I'm speaking with Wayne, who did the uh, fundraising for the Blue Tits uh, swimming group recently. He's also uh, owner of Black Ink Rebellion Tattoo Studio as well. And we sponsored, yeah, the the patches for the Six Bay. Yeah, something we always try and do every year, try and do a charity, mainly mental health based. We've done the Man Down charity, done the Cornwall Downtown Support Group, a few things. So it's something my wife was involved with. So it just seemed a good type place to put some sponsorship. Puts tattooing in a positive light because everyone loves tattoos nowadays it seems and it was just a big help for these guys so something very positive 
Claire, who is another member of the uh, Blue Tit Swimming Group in Newquay. I wanted to ask as well, Claire, um, what preparation do you go through, uh, physical and psychological, for getting in the water? Do you have a routine at all, or do you just jump in? I was very much a wild swimmer on my own, so swimming with everyone else has made it so much easier. So you're so busy chatting and whooping and laughing that you don't actually have to think about it. When I swam on my own, I very much had to psych myself up, lots of deep breathing... But when you're with other people, that kind of goes out the window and you're so busy enjoying it that you just embrace the cold water. Barbara, whose nickname's Queen Bee, involved with the Nuki Blue Tits as well. Uh, Can you tell us about how you got involved, Barbara, and what it means to you? I've known Katie since she was small and we swam New Year's Day for the click and we decided that we'd get involved with this, so I'm a founder member. At the time, I was the oldest member at 73 and um, it's just lovely. I can do so much more in the water than I can on land because I've got new knees, so I can't jump on land and I can't run, but I run in the water, so I'm a lot freer in the water and I just love it. I've swum all my life. It's just glorious and I've met so many people, new friends, and we're all here for each other. We all look after each other and that's what the blue tits are. We give each other courage to carry on and really push ourselves my little friend come over from Perrinport today she's never swam as far as she swam today and we've swam right round under the bridge and she's marvellous and her name's Sam okay so we're with uh, Lucy who is the Cornwall Mine fundraiser uh, Lucy does a bit of cold water swimming yourself Lucy uh, could you tell us a little bit about that Yes, so my friends and I swing probably three or four times a week, usually around Falmouth. We've come over a few times to meet up with the the Nuki Blue Tits as well. We're all big, passionate advocates in the benefits of cold water swimming. It's our time away from busy lives, busy families, all the juggles of work. And it just gives us a moment to breathe and have some space in the day where we can just immerse ourselves in the cold water and just have that connection with ourselves as well as with nature. And to have had an event that's also raised an incredible amount of money for Cornwall Mind for better mental health has just been such a privilege and pleasure and we got to dip in the six bays of St Ives and just had the most fun doing so. We're ever so grateful to Nuki Blue Tits, to Katie and to the events team and everybody that took part in this because it's such a huge amount of money that we've raised and I know they've got plans for bigger and better in 2021 and we're just going to keep swimming as long as we can and embracing the weather, embracing the cold and just feeling the tremendous benefits of being in the water together so thank you to everybody. That's fantastic it looks like everybody's again changed now so I better get my uh, shorts on and then uh, go for a little paddle. I'm just going in to have a quick dip I think it's the moly correct thing to do we've got some of the blue tits around here who are just starting to get in there it's fairly cold but I can see that you would uh, get used to it after a while how are we doing guys are you guys running in or no you might go in further than me would you do a big whoop for us girls <laughs> what's it like when you first get in here yeah. Fresh. Fresh, yeah, fresh, fresh yeah. It feels a bit tight. Yeah. You can feel your skin sort of retracting from the cold. Yeah, yeah, I can feel that. Um, yeah. No, I can understand why it's very relaxing and it's freeing and it takes the edge off any kind of pain you get, certainly. So, um, But it's now hammering down and the wind's turning up, so I'm going to have to bail myself. But how do you feel now you're out of the water? How do you Amazing. feel, girls? Amazing. Amazing. Feel wet, yeah. 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 Refreshed. 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 Oh, day. Yeah. yeah. Totally. 
absolutely. Yeah. Now you've got the rain as well to keep yeah, you well as well. Absolutely. So that's going to be. Living in the rain is the best, though. It's, it's yeah. You're going to get wet. It's it's amazing. It's all the elements. It's water below, water above. It's just amazing. How long does that feeling last? Do the last for the rest of the day? Oh, yeah. 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 The colder the water, the longer the feeling yeah, lasts. Yeah. The longer the yeah. yeah. Come until we April, come back in tomorrow. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I've just been in the water. I went up to about knee height, maybe before I got hit by a wave. You can feel your body relax slightly. I was only in for about 20, 30 seconds, but you can feel your whole body relax. Your mind kind of does focus on the cold, which is what many of the girls are talking about. And I can completely understand why they do this in the, in the very brief time I was in there. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a good experience and it's worth a try. It's definitely worth a, maybe a supervised try at first for sure. You're listening to a space to speak your mind. Well, thanks for Scott for that great interview with the uh, Nuki Blue Tits. Steve, what do you think about that? I'm just amazed that 2,000 people turned up. Uh, yeah, it went from 25 to 2,000 in a relatively short space of time, which shows there must be a lot of interest in cold water swimming. Yeah, and the other thing I was going to say is that the physical benefits, as well as the mental health benefits, are what surprised me, because I'd have thought you were more likely to get poorly, you know, colds and coughs and things, if you were getting freezing cold in the water, but apparently yeah. not. Well, strangely enough, if I, if I go back to my teenage days, uh, when I used to surf a lot, I never had a cold, so there must be something to it. In fact, I did a bit of research on the internet, and I found that thermal shock to the body actually releases certain chemicals into the brain, which can be beneficial. Well, that explains both benefits, really, doesn't it? So, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm going to start yeah. thinking about that, you know, because with my health problems, I, <laughs> I could probably really do with some uh, some of that chemical. Uh, yeah, I think I'll probably give it a miss. <laughs> and Jane, do you think that Scott really went in with them? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if he'd admit whether he did or not, actually. <laughs> but he did say he was going to take his shorts, didn't he? He said he went up to his knees. If you go to our social media page on Facebook, you can see a short video of Scott actually getting into the water. I won't tell you how far, but he actually does get in the water with the ladies. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. And now it's time to check in with Amanda Hudson from Life MOT. And this time she's talking about visualisation. So today I'd like to discuss visualisation and how we can use it for social anxiety. So what do I mean, first of all? Is it creating imagery that's made up of pictures and movies? Yes, but it's also a movie that contains smell, sounds, tastes and feelings. So sometimes I'll just call it, let's imagine, or how about daydreaming? It's something that's really nice to do. It's something where you're comfortable, you feel safe, and you can just dream and imagine or visualise. It's the same thing. So visualisation can help us to feel more calm and relaxed. Can you remember a time where you felt really comfortable, really calm? A time where you were really relaxed? It's good to imagine, because as we imagine that, our mind and our body recall and remember those feelings of being relaxed. So the more we can do that, the easier we can access those feelings when we really need it. Visualisation can also be used to rehearse a situation. So you might remember a while ago I talked about how we can make changes and how we start by thinking about them and then we plan before taking action. So by rehearsing something within our mind first, we're able to gather lots of bits of information to help us plan on how we do that thing, how we take action. 
So for instance, if we are going to an interview, we might imagine ourselves in that interview. We might start that imagination on actually before we leave the house. What are we wearing? How are we going to get there? And in that interview, we can hear our voice. Are we asking the right questions? Do we sound calm and in control? How do we feel within that room? So we can go through all this information within our imagination and it helps us to prepare ourselves. We can also explore what might happen if I miss my transport. What would happen if I forgot my words? And it can be really useful to explore these sort of worst case scenarios as well as the best practice. And when we explore the worst case scenario of what we're doing, we do this from the comfort of our own safe space so we can prepare ourselves. When you think about what might go wrong, it sounds like an odd thing to do, but you're doing this knowing that your mind is finding its way around things. It's allowing you to find coping techniques, looking at obstacles and what you might do, being prepared for all the situations. So in this way, if something doesn't go as planned, you have already experienced it and your mind knows exactly what action to take. You can feel calmer and safer in the knowledge that you can cope. Another way in which I use visualisation is to gain confidence. So similar to imagining your calm place, can you imagine a time where you have had confidence? Is there something that you do on a regular basis that you're really good at? Or something that makes you feel really great? So it's good to spend some time each day remembering, recalling in great detail, visualising these experiences and building up your database of what makes you feel really great. Because like when we feel calm, when we feel confident, we can recall and remember all the sensations within our body as well as our mind. So our body takes on the posture of being confident. As with anything, the more we practice, the easier and the better we get at it. So can I suggest that you find a time in your day to imagine, visualise or daydream. Make it part of your daily routine. So if you want to know any more, please go to my website lifemot.co.uk and happy daydreaming. Thanks very much from Amanda. And that was Amanda Hudson from LifeMOT. And if you want to hear more from Amanda, you can check her out at her website, which is lifemot.co.uk. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind. Supported by the Cornwall Rural Community Charity and the Cornwall Council Social Inclusion Fund. It's a space to speak your mind. And as part of our series on loneliness, we're looking at how social anxiety affects us. Joe has been talking with people who have found themselves sharing these emotions. I have suffered from social anxiety in the past and I do still find it really difficult to be in large groups of people. For instance, walking down 4th Street in St Ives in summer when it's absolutely rammed full of people and I feel claustrophobic I've never been to one of those festivals you know like Glastonbury or one of those ones where people are just literally like pinned up against each other because I just I like to have sort of an escape route and like an easy escape so that's something that always freaks me out the thought of that and it's also I guess the thought of if you do have anxiety or a panic attack it's the thought of having people seeing you having a panic attack and whether they're going to judge you on that and what are they going to think of you? Are they going to think you're mad? Are they going to think you're pathetic? And it's kind of that self-talk that you do to yourself. And that's why I suppose I don't like being in large social situations. But the older I've got, the more I've realised that I need to expose myself to them in order to, for it not to be an issue. When I was younger, I used to go to bars and didn't seem to have such an issue with being around so many people. But as I've got older, 
you kind of get to see fewer people i guess your friends disperse your, your drinking cuts down and to be around more than a group of two or three people feels like a bit of a strain a bit a bit exhausting trying to be a part of a, a wider circle and be able to communicate and listen and sobriety maybe with just one or two beers it's a different different ball game to uh, the drunken youth well it's very difficult isn't it to go out and mix and do normal things if you've got social anxiety like making friends and going to the shops and you, you know you, it's very awkward you're worried what they think about you maybe the size of the group makes you feel a bit intimidated to help me cope, I just put myself in that situation, even though I don't feel comfortable with it, I'd still do it. Because once you face it head on, it makes it less and less. And Richard has been finding out more about social anxiety from Haley and Stacey from Quiet Connections. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind. Supported by the Cornwall Rural Community Charity and the Cornwall Council's Social Inclusion Fund. I'm joined by Stacey Clark and Hayley Stanton from Quiet Connections. So Hayley and Stacey, thank you for joining us on A Space to Speak Your Mind. Firstly, tell me a little bit about yourselves. Yeah, sure. So my name's Stacey and I experienced a lot of um, social anxiety when I was growing up, particularly as a teenager. I started to notice that, that more in terms of feeling shy, feeling quite disconnected from those around me. Even as a child, actually, I had that sense of feeling as though I didn't belong and that I didn't fit in anywhere and that was quite challenging even then and around about the age of 11 I started self-harming and by the time I was 14 I was really feeling as though like I didn't have a place in this world and that was quite a challenging time for me actually in terms of like you know I, I felt very lonely at that point I was so I didn't really have anyone that I could talk to I certainly didn't really understand what I was experiencing then either and those feelings, that feeling as though I wasn't good enough, feeling as though I didn't belong, was something that I continued to experience into my early 20s and into my mid-20s. And then it was about four years ago that I met Hayley and I started having some coaching with Hayley first. And then as I moved into doing my own coaching training as well, that was the point where things really started to change for me. And I was able to see that, you know, a lot of this was, you know, just old beliefs, patterns of behaviour and things that I could actually change. Stacey, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And Hayley, I believe you have a similar story as well. Yeah, absolutely. I went through life with this sense of real loneliness and disconnection and feeling like, I just didn't belong, I didn't fit in. I really felt like there was something deeply wrong with me and that I was broken or defective and I was desperately trying to hide that about myself. I just felt so ashamed of who I was. I grew up being a very shy child and it developed into social anxiety. But I didn't really know that that's what it was until I was in my adulthood. And I kind of went under the radar through school and through college and no one really picked up that there was something wrong, even though I was like, you know, the quiet one, red faced at the back of the class, don't talk to me. And I would do anything to get out of speaking up in front of people. If there was a presentation I had to do, I'd be going off sick. And I went on to college just because my friends were doing that course. And when I left college, I just didn't feel like I could go to university because I thought, well, how am I going to be able to cope with this life? How am I going to be able to go and do grocery shopping, make new friends, stand up and do a presentation at university standard? 
and I just didn't believe that I had it in me to do it. So I was in this place where I wasn't going to university and I was expected to go and get a job, but I also felt like I was so ill-equipped for going to work and I didn't think I'd be able to do anything unless there was a job where I could hide in the background and of course jobs like that don't exist you have to interview you have to be seen and so I was sabotaging all my job applications applying just to keep other people happy and I was afraid to say look I've got a real problem with this and I didn't even really know why I had a problem with it so it got to a stage where I just felt really disconnected I was isolated I felt like a real burden and I just couldn't see that I would ever find my place in the world and so as we know those things they've often add up to feeling suicidal and I did attempt suicide when I was 19 and I ended up going to the hospital the nurse there asked me if I did it for attention I was given a counsellor in my GP surgery and she was very much directing the conversation to places that I didn't want to go and away from the real issue which was I just hated myself really. It was that I just didn't like myself and I didn't feel like I belonged and I just felt like there was something wrong with me and when I shut down I froze I you know went red in the face and just couldn't get any words out then she said to me well you obviously don't want my help or you would be talking to me. And that was the end of my support then. And it wasn't until I was in my 20s when I was having some coaching, um, doing my own self-directed research around this and realising what was actually going on for me, that I started to develop my confidence and become a bit more connected. I started sharing my story with people and realising that I wasn't alone. There's lots and lots of people out there who feel this way too. I started gently stretching my comfort zone and trying new things that felt really challenging to me. And eventually I did manage to go back to Cornwall College and do a foundation degree, which I topped up to a degree. And I learned some techniques to really help me manage that anxiety and, and grow my confidence and be able to show up and be seen. Whereas before I was desperately trying to avoid all of that. And I just wanted to hide away. And although I was longing for connection and longing to be loved. I didn't feel like I was likeable and I didn't feel like I could really let myself be seen otherwise I would be rejected. A lot of what you said resonated with me, the social anxiety, the the feeling that you wanted to hide away and not let anyone know and the, the thinking that something might be wrong with you and not wanting to communicate and I think even back 10 years ago or maybe even five years ago there wasn't really that dialogue and if you did go to speak to someone you didn't always get the correct answers or you didn't have something that made you feel that you were being listened to. So um, what was it that then got you to the point that you formed Quiet Connections? I think it was kind of 10 years on from my experience of overdosing and I looked back and realised that not an awful lot has changed. There's still really a, a huge lack of awareness around social anxiety and the challenges that present because of it. And it's just not very often spoken about because of the nature of it. We try to hide it and we feel like we're the only ones going through it, even though there's about one in 10 people experience social anxiety. So it's a huge hidden problem, but it really is under the radar. So I wanted to create quiet connections because I felt like it needed talking about and we needed more support for people who felt this way. We needed to have that connection with other people who feel the same way so we know we're not alone 
And we need some safe spaces to gently stretch our comfort zone so we can practice doing things that are scary for us in a really safe, supportive environment. So how can Quiet Connections help and what support can you provide, Stacey? So as an organisation, we support people in in a variety of ways. So we offer one-to-one coaching, which is the opportunity for a person to have that one-to-one support with either myself or Hayley or Vicky, who's another one of our coaches, to really dive deep and explore some of the more personal challenges or barriers that a person is experiencing. And this is a really nice opportunity also to increase that sense of connection and curiosity within yourself and be able to explore what are the beliefs that I'm holding on to that is stopping me from showing up in the way that I want to what are some of those strategies that I'm using because quite often the way in which we're responding to situations can be quite out of our awareness so we kind of continue to go through life not really understanding you know why am I acting the way that I want to when it's pushing me further away from what it is that I actually want to do or that I'm actually seeking and ultimately but when we tend to explore some of those things what we really get into is that of safety and wanting to keep ourselves safe and so you know one-to-one coaching can be a really nice way of starting to explore those things in a really safe environment and with someone who's going to hold that space for you we also do workshops so we've got a number of mini workshops that we deliver that is around quietening our inner critic, having a look at what is it that's triggering our inner critic, where are those self-doubts coming from, and what is it that we can do to help ourselves in those situations, which is quite often a lot of self-compassion practice. So that's one of our workshops that we do. We also have a Seeing the Good in You workshop, which is all about reframing quiet and highlighting and, and recognising some of the qualities within us and what are our strengths and quite often people who are feeling as though they're not good enough or feeling as though they don't belong we quite often see all the things that we don't like about ourselves and can sometimes struggle to actually see that there is lots of good in us that we do have gifts that we have skills and that we have qualities and talents to bring to the world so it's really important to start highlighting those and I know from personal experience that actually for some of us we experience some shame around potentially looking at some of the qualities that we have and seeing some of that good in us so again in a workshop environment where we know people that we're all experiencing the same thing that we all find this challenging can be a nice way to start exploring those and starting to give ourselves that permission to recognize it's okay to focus on our strengths and our skills and then we also have a workshop around tiny tweaks to grow your confidence which is practical tips and techniques that you can use to kind of help increase that sense of confidence within yourself using things like body language shifting your body language and breathing techniques are always a really beneficial one as well down part of our community so Haley, obviously being through some difficult months recently and people feeling social anxiety and feeling loneliness so many different emotions going around and you have the support that you've been able to develop an app haven't you yeah so in response to lockdown we realized that immediately people were feeling fearful and struggling with going into this isolation and um, all their support networks had kind of been taken away. So we wanted to create a space that was safe for people to connect. And initially we tried using Facebook, but I think Facebook and social media in general has its limitations because you are never really sure how private your comments actually are and you're never really sure who's in the group and things. So we created an app and we did it really quickly and launched it at the end of April. 
and we brought together our community members who would normally be coming to groups. We had a um, you know a weekly chat on the the times when we would be normally having a physical group and um, it's just been a really lovely way for people to connect with each other and stay connected with us and we've been sharing daily quiet reflections to point people back to all the resources that they have in them and and help them to see the good in them and we have built up some resources on the app as well to help people with managing anxiety including things like breathing exercises, dealing with perfectionism. Under the premium part of the app, which I think is $3.99 a month, we have actually a, a mini course there with a load of really basic tools to get started that Stacey and I learned to help us manage our own anxieties and self-doubts. And um, a lot of the stuff that we picked up through our NLP practitioner courses and other coaching courses and our self-directed research as well. Uh, we bring in a lot of work from Brené Brown. Her work has really, really resonated with us and explained an awful lot about what's going on for us and helped us to show up and be a little bit more vulnerable, which is what we need to allow ourselves to be seen and create real connections. And that's obviously what we're trying to avoid when we're feeling socially anxious. And within that resource pack, are there different things that people can access? Are there different techniques that they can use? Yes. Yeah, so the research recommends that we follow three steps, basically. We learn to recognise the signs of feeling lonely and disconnected. We then understand how that affects us and we take responsibility for making a change in the way that we're thinking, the way that we're showing up. And then we respond through reaching out and being more reachable as well. So like I was saying earlier, it's about letting down some of that armour and allowing us to connect, even though it feels like it goes against what our instincts are trying to get us to do. It's really important to actually recognise that we're in this hypervigilant mode and our thoughts that are coming to us aren't necessarily the truth. It's always important to ask what else could be true and to just question what we're thinking so that we can step out of creating that self-fulfilling prophecy for ourselves. Just to follow on from what Stacey was saying, I think it's really important that we firstly connect with ourselves and start to understand our worth and our value. And so we can approach connection from that place because when we are in self-preservation mode, which is what happens when we experience loneliness and social anxiety, we tend to move away from connection with the purpose of listening and showing up as yourself. And instead we are connecting with the purpose of trying to get validation. And of course, that's going to put a barrier between the connection that we can create with other people. And it is really making that first initial step and recognising these things within yourself. So if anyone has heard what you've said today and want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So people can get in contact with us via our website, quietconnections.co.uk. And we are actually putting together a resource on loneliness for anyone who would like to download that. And it just gives you kind of three steps to support you with overcoming this and getting to a stage where you are feeling okay to reach out and be more reachable as well and let down some of that armour and you can get that at quietconnections.co.uk forward slash loneliness. So Stacey and Hayley thank you so much for everything that you've spoken to us about today and if people want to get in contact having a look on the website but for now Stacey and Hayley from Quiet Connections thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you for having us. And you can hear the full interview with Hayley and Stacey talking about loneliness, 
panic attacks and isolation by listening to our special extra podcast. Just search for A Space to Speak Your Mind on your favourite podcast app. Yeah, that was fascinating from those uh, girls from Quiet Connections. And and I do know what it's like to feel social anxiety. I have done in the past. Yeah, I've felt sometimes I don't want to go somewhere and have to really force myself out. And usually once I go, I'm okay. But how do you feel about things like that, Steve? In later years, since I've been affected by Parkinson's, I had slight social anxiety issues, but not all that serious. But yeah, I certainly can feel for people who have that problem. It's quite a, a complex thing. Yeah, it's very difficult because not everyone understands what it's like. And, you know, sometimes you make excuses not to go somewhere and people just think you're being antisocial. But in actual fact, it's just too hard to actually put yourself out there, isn't it? Yes, it is. But uh, the one thing I have learned now is to say no. Yeah, that's a very good point, Steve, actually. For support and more information for better mental health, go to the Cornwall Mind website, cornwallmind.org. Or call the Mind Helpline during office hours on 0300 123 3393. And don't forget, you can call the Samaritans anytime for free on 116 A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. Now, with Christmas on the horizon, we hear from 18-year-old Riley Jane, who has written Home This Christmas, an inspiring song which seeks to show people that they're not alone. There is support out there. And you do not have to go through challenges such as these on your own. And Richard has been catching up with her. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. We want to be home this Christmas. Home. We want to be home this Christmas. Home. home. Looking out through a frosted window. So jealous of the snow Out there and free It sucks to be me Riley, thank you for joining us here on A Space to Speak Your Mind. So tell me about the song Home for Christmas. What inspires you to write it and how did you go about doing it? So while I was in hospital, I really wanted to actually write an album for charity. So I went through a phase of just writing as many songs as I could and Homeless Christmas was one of them. The inspiration kind of came from me always sitting by this little window, which I would look out of waiting for my parents to come and visit me. And it's kind of about being stuck away from home and family when you want to be with them the most and being jealous of people and things on the outside, things that are free when you feel like you're not. So it's really about people that are not able to do the things that they wanted this Christmas and they might be feeling alone or they might not be in the place that they want to be. It's that kind of theme of it, really. Yeah. Have you ever written a song before? You, you're saying that you've, you've written songs for an album? I've written a few songs before this. Obviously the ones I wrote in hospital, but I've recorded two before hospital. And I wrote the first song when I was 14 and that was called Locked Away. And I wrote that for a local competition called Booze Got Talent which I won and my song went on to be used by the counselling services Outlook Southwest in their Pirate FM radio campaign and I also used this song to try and raise money for the Mental Health Foundation. And also how did you go about recording this because you had a little bit of help as well? 
Well, I recorded Homeless Christmas at a studio called Cube Recording with Gareth Young, the studio owner, who is amazing. And I was able to do this because I'm a part of the Southwest Music School, where I receive a grant, meaning I'm able to have lessons in singing or playing an instrument and to use for things like recording sessions and one-off music experiences to help me progress with my music. So what was it about this particular song that made you want to raise money for Cornwall Mind and Devon Mind in particular? I really wanted to just do something to try and help, even if it's only a little bit. I wanted to help Mind so that they could help people who are struggling. So my hope is that I can raise enough money to make a difference to the people in the southwest, as there's a real lack in funding and support here and I would just really love to help change that. And you're producing a music video too and there's a few more days left that people can get involved so if they want to appear in your music video what do they need to do and what are you looking for? So we would really love it if people could send in any photos or video clips of them in or out of hospital, the good and the bad that it brings with people like their family and friends celebrating Christmas and the importance of togetherness and support from parents, caregivers, staff, anyone that you're with. And we thought it would be nice for people to look back on happier past Christmases with their families as this Christmas no one really knows what it's going to be like. And we also thought it would be nice for people to be a part of the video and have something to focus on when everything in the world is so unknown right now. Yeah, it is going to be a very difficult Christmas for a lot of people and not be able to celebrate in quite the way they want to. So if they want to get involved, is there a website that they can go to to get involved in the video? Yes, they can send their photos and videos to the Devonmind website and then we'll go through them and try and pick as many as possible to be featured in the video. And we also have a Facebook and web page dedicated to the campaign and homelesschristmas.co.uk is where people can hear the full song and will be able to donate if they're able to. That's great, and we'll put links on our pages as well and also on the Cornwall Mind website so they can get involved. So what would your message be to anyone who is feeling alone this Christmas? I guess my message would be to have hope and please don't give up because no matter how lonely times get, there will always be those magic people who will bring a little bit of sunshine into your life and you really have to hold on to that because you're not alone, I promise. And what's next for you? You're saying about getting the songs together and maybe releasing an album? Is that what you like to do? Maybe do a music career? I'm not really sure what's next. I don't know whether music is a big part of my future or not. If it helps people, then possibly, but... I do just want to help people really, that's what I want to do. Okay, well good luck for the future and we hope to hear your song many times. So we'll put all the links on the website, you can find them at cornwallmind.org and Riley, thank you for joining us here on the Space to Speak Your Mind. Thank you. We want to be home this Christmas, home. We want to be home this Christmas, home. window so jealous of the snow out there and free it sucks to be me being stuck in the same four walls it's like a prison no fun at all can i give you a hug can i take your hand you need to understand I need you, I need you We wanna be home this Christmas Home, we wanna be home this Christmas 
December once again Still stuck in hospital Will this pain ever end? I don't want any presents this year Just a discharge day to get out of here We wanna be home this Christmas to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind. Supported by the Cornwall Rural Community Charity and the Cornwall Council Social Inclusion Fund. Thank you to Riley for joining us on the show. And the links to take part in the music video are on our social media pages right now. And now it's time to find out what's happening at Cornwall Mind this month. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. Hi, it's Joe from Cornwall Mind and this is what's happening in November. So we've just launched our Home This Christmas campaign. If you go and visit our website, cornwallmind.org, all the details are there. We've got garden projects in Bodmin and in Falmouth, and there are a few spaces left on some of those. We're still running our yoga on Zoom, and we've just launched the art and walking groups in Bodmin. So please do get in touch, because although we're kind of restricted on numbers at the moment with COVID, there may be some places left. So if you're interested in any of our services, please visit our website, cornwallmind.org, and you can email us. It's info at cornwallmind.org and someone will be in touch with you to give you some more details and information. And we're really excited because we're just about to launch some of our community cafes. Obviously, we've got to launch them on Zoom because we're not physically able to meet safely yet. But that's really exciting. So if you're interested in finding out more about that, please do get in touch again on the website or email us and we can tell you more. We've got a couple of new team members which have started, which is really exciting. We've got lots of plans and ideas for the future. And I'll be back next month with more on what's happening at Cornwall Mind. But please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. We're also quite active on social media, Facebook and Instagram. So you can message us there as well. Just search for Cornwall Mind. If you missed anything on today's show, or if you'd like to listen to any of our previous shows, you can download the podcast on Apple, Google or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for A Space to Speak Your Mind. Uh, Well, that's all from us for now. And don't forget, if you missed anything or want to hear a longer version of the bits that you heard today, you can download our podcast. If you'd like to be a part of the show, get in contact with us. Email a space to speak your mind at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at a space to speak. Like our Facebook page. Just search for a space to speak your mind. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind. For better mental health.
Space to Speak Your Mind will be back for our Christmas show at the start of next month, where we'll be talking to Christians Against Poverty, and we'll help you through the unusual festive season ahead. Thanks for listening to A Space to Speak Your Mind. We'll see you all soon. For support and more information for better mental health, go to the Cornwall Mind website, cornwallmind.org. Or call the Mind Helpline during office hours on 0300 123 And don't forget, you can call the Samaritans anytime for free on 116-123. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health.